Tonight we're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 2. If you're turning in your Bibles, we're going to start in, in verses 1 through 3, but we're going to wind up being in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. <clears throat> and as we begin and we get our minds focused on what I want to talk about tonight, I want us to think about this verse. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 says, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Think about what he says. He says, Give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. To be more earnest towards something means to do something more abundantly, to a greater degree, more exceedingly, above other things. More exceedingly above other things. The word heed there, the Greek word means to turn the mind or to attend or be attentive towards. Drop this thing down. To give attention to. To devote thought or effort towards something. So we should be more exceedingly mindful of what we have heard, brethren. Well, what have we heard? We've heard the truth, right? We understand who Jesus is and what He came to do and how we can be added to the body. We also have heard that whatever we do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord giving thanks to God through Jesus, Colossians 3.17. We also know that Jesus said, Be faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. Many of us have heard these truths for many years. But whether you're just learning, or you've heard it many, many times, the Hebrew writer tells us all the same thing. He says, we need to make sure that we are giving the things that God says our utmost attention. Now what do you think about that? Because if we don't do that, if we don't make the things that God says the utmost importance in our life, number one in our life, the Bible tells us that we will drift away. Now think about what that means to drift away. If you're on a boat and you're headed towards some object, the island or the shore or whatever you're going, another boat, whatever you're going to, if you don't keep your eyes on where you're going and you cut the motor off, what happens? the current begins to take you away, right? And if you're not paying any attention to what's going on, you'll drift away, won't you? You won't even be close to the destination that you want to be. 
So tonight I want us to look at what causes us to drift from the truth. What causes us to find ourselves as the prodigal son? You know that story where he wanted the money and he wanted his inheritance and he went out and he did all this living, doing the things that he wanted to do. Where did he find himself? In a pig's pen, didn't he? He found himself in a pig's pen eating the slop in there. What causes us to drift away? Sin. Sin just has a way about it, don't it? As the young kids would say, it has a certain swag or a certain appeal to it, right? From the very beginning, it it portrays itself as something that's very attractive. It gives the impression that it will fill you up give you the joy that you can't imagine. It tells you that it will give you the peace that passes all understanding. But the reality is, the fact of the matter, the truth, is sin is a false illusion. It is deceptive and it will leave you without anything. Let's take a look at some Scripture and and see uh, the power of sin and and what does a Christian need to be careful of. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1-3, through and I want to put us into the context. I'm not going to read all of the verses in it, but I do want to kind of get us into what Peter's talking about. Verse 1 says, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed by covetousness. They will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. Peter is talking about the danger of false prophets speaking to the brethren. And he's telling them to be watchful, to be ready for them, to don't fall into these deceptive words that they'll bring. Now skip down to verse 18 and watch what he says. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption, for by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to its own vomit. And a sow, having washed 
to her wallowing in the mire. The false prophets who speak these great swelling words of emptiness do something with them. They allure. They allure people. That's an interesting word. The Greek word means to bait, to entice, to deceive. You know, when you're fishing, you don't put some terrible bait on there, do you? You put that one that's going to make those bass get mad when it glitters on the water, right? And they're going to hit that thing. You want to entice them to bite that lure. These false prophets were enticing the brethren with what? What were they enticing them with? What did the false teachers try to allure the brethren to become a part of? Look at verse 18. Through the lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, Think about that. Think about what these prophets were doing. Think about, and you know, this is really not a lesson on false teachers, but beware, brethren, because they're coming, right? They're coming in sheep's clothing. They're going to act like they're going to tell you the truth, and then they're really not. So what we have to make sure, hey, what I have to make sure is when I stand up here, I'm not giving you my opinion, amen? I'm giving you what the Bible says. That's the beauty of the Bible. If you let it speak, it will speak, and you don't have to make your opinion. You can just let it speak for itself. It's big enough to do that, right? (laughs) It stood the test of time, right? But look at this. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, look at what these works of the flesh are. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, Lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heritage. That's a whole bunch, ain't it? I mean, he gives a whole list. Heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. These are the types of things that these false prophets preach to those who have actually escaped from those who live in error. So putting this all together, these false prophets are trying to sway Christians with sin. Someone who has escaped the world and the desires and lust of it. Brethren, remember this. Jesus came so that we who are in Christ are delivered from the present evil age. See, Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, as Paul starts this letter, he says, Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins. Well, Why? so that He might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. 
So if a Christian or a child of God begins to listen to these lusts of the flesh, what happens? Look at verse 20. For if, I love an if, you know it? <laughs> Boy, it's on a condition, ain't it? It's not once you good, you always good, right? Once you say you're a Christian, you're done, right? Wait a minute. If, for if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? So if a child of God who has escaped the pollutions of the world has obeyed the gospel, become a child of God through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, becomes entangled again in sin and overcome by it, what does the Bible say? The latter end is worse than the beginning. You know, before you obey the gospel, the sad thing is that you are already condemned, right? What about if you obey the gospel and then you turn away? That's a scary thing to think about. It is a scary thing to think about. Brethren, we must take the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest we drift away. What causes us to drift away? What causes us to go back into the present evil age? <laughs> the entanglement of sin. The pleasures and the deceitfulness of sin. If we don't pursue the things the Lord wants us to all the time, we will become entangled in sin and it's hard to overcome. And I don't do this very often, but I want to do this. Uh, Colton, come up here real quick. Come right here. I, I want to do an illustration. I was going to use Ben, but he's tucked away. Come here right quick. It won't take you long, I promise. Come here. <clears throat> Put your hands together like this. Close as you can. Everybody see this? Now watch this. If I start messing with a little bit of sin, and I just kind of play in it a little bit, and, you know, I think, well, it'll be all right. I can overcome it. Pull your hands apart. You can do that pretty easy, right? It wasn't that hard. You felt bad a little bit, right? So then in my mind I say, you know what? I'm going to keep on doing that. Nobody knows. Nobody knows really what I'm doing at the house. Nobody really knows what's going on. And a matter of fact, I'm just going to keep on doing it. And I got some other things that I want to do. I got some other things that I'm involved in that I love that nobody knows about. And they feel good. They feel really good. 
Nobody's still going to know, and if they do, it doesn't matter anymore. Because you know what? I make my own decisions. I do my things on my own. Nobody tells me what to do. I'm just going to keep on doing it and keep on doing it, right? Now, I know you're strong. Go ahead. Get out of that thing. Appreciate it. Never doing that again. Y'all get it, right? Got one. Just a little sin ain't that bad, is it, at first? It gives you the feeling, you know what? I can do it. I can get away with it. But as you keep playing with sin, as it keeps wrapping around your hands, it becomes harder to overcome. Because now what happens is you've justified it in your mind to the point where you really don't want to get back right. So how do we keep ourselves from departing from the faith? I got three things that I want us to listen to for just a few minutes and the lesson's yours. The first thing is this. Never forget what was done for you. Never forget what was done for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 20. Listen to what Paul says. Talking about fleeing sexual immorality. But he says, For you were bought at a price. Do we remember what Jesus did for us when we obeyed the gospel, Christian? You remember that feeling that we had when we obeyed the gospel? How good it felt that our sins was washed away and you understood the truth? It was a great time for you in your life. But you were bought at a price. Jesus is life. And if we understand that, if we continually keep that in our mind, look what happens. Therefore, you will glorify God in your body and in your spirit. The way that I dress is going to be a reflection on what I think about God. Am I going to dress in a way that people look at me and say, man, they look good. Am I going to dress in a way that brings attention to me? Or am I going to dress in a way that brings glory to God? Right? In my spirit, am I going to say the right things because I'm thinking the right things? That's going to happen because I understand that I was bought at a price. Jesus died for us. Willingly. So never forget what was done for you. The second thing is this, and it's not very good English, but it's okay because it's me up here, set your mind right. 
Set your mind right. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Well-known scripture. If then you were raised with Christ, if you remember that you was raised with Christ, if you remember that you were a child of God, if you remember what you are, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, where He's sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Keeping those things in our mind helps us to stay away from this sin trick. Hey, you know what? We can all fall victim to sin and it doesn't have to be a very large one, right? We always rate a sin. Murder is way up there, right? But a little white lie is down here on the bottom. Sin is sin, period. Isn't it? God says, I can't have that in my presence because you know what? I'm holy. So if you want to be my child, live holy and blameless in this perverse generation. Look at what else Philippians 4.8 says. Uh, we know these scriptures. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, and this is my favorite part of this verse, I love this part, and if there is anything praiseworthy, you got anything that you can praise God about today in your life? Is there anything that you can say, man, I'm thankful to you, oh God. You're worthy to be praised. Is there anything in your life? One thing. Meditate on it. <laughs> one thing. I know there's one thing. That one thing, meditate on it. Be thankful for it. I'm thankful that Misty's back. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to dwell on that. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm thankful that she's gotten through the surgery and now she feels better because I was praying for that. I know y'all were too, right? She was on the list. What a blessing that is to have brethren praying for you, actually lifting your name up to Almighty God. Pray for me again this week. I'll take it. What this does is it keeps your mind out of the gutter. When we do these things and we apply it to our lives, what happens is the gutter thoughts and the gutter actions are less and less in our life. I'm not going to badmouth somebody because you know what? I'm not just not going to do that. Instead of badmouthing them, I'm going to pray for them. And I'm not going to go gossip about it to somebody. I'm just going to pray for them with God. God, they're struggling. And they're doing some things that are contrary to your word. And I know it personally. Pray that I have the courage to go up to them and talk to them in the right way. That I don't look like I'm a Pharisee.
So don't forget what God has done for you. And set your mind right. But there's one more. Never stop training. And I'm going to use an illustration, and it's true. I've been working out with Mickey, and he's been killing me. My shoulders have been super sore. And we're not even lifting that much weight. But it is, it is embarrassing. It's a total disgrace for me. I've played ball my whole life, brethren, and I am so out of shape. It's ridiculous. It's an embarrassment. I mean, I'm sucking so much wind and Mickey's just running around me. He's already done. And I'm like, I'm, I, there's been a couple times where I've just wanted to say, you know what, I'm about to cheat and then I'll be done, right? I'm just going to cheat and I'll be done. But I haven't done it. And I've gone back. And I've sucked it up. And I'm not as sore today as I was the other day. And I'm going to keep trying to do it. And I'm going to keep trying to get my... Am I going to uh, win some type of award? No. I'm doing it because I want to be in shape and I want to be around for a long time physically. Not because I'm trying to impress anybody. But 1 Corinthians chapter 9, well-known scripture. Turn there just real quick. I love it, and I always like to go back to it a lot. I use this a lot in sermons, but it's really a great area of scripture to think about for our Christian life. Never stop training. Why not? Verse 24 says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is tempered in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown. People run in the race, and he's using the illustration, they run to to win this perishable crown. But we, an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus. This is how I run. Not with uncertainty. I don't just get out there and run. I run for purpose. Thus I fight. Not as one who beats the air. A boxer just doesn't go into the ring and start swinging his wild punches. He's got a purpose. He wants to win the boxing fight. So what does Paul say? I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Not physically. We're talking about spiritually. Now if I'm going to bring my body into subjection, what am I doing? I'm trying to make my body do things that it might not necessarily want to, right? But I'm going to train it and I'm going to continue to do it, and then it becomes easier. See, you go from, if any of you have ever worked out, you understand this principle. You start working out and you're very sore, right? You're sore and it hurts. But then after you get done being sore, now your muscle begins to grow and get strong. 
Now when you lift, you're starting to gain muscle. Same thing spiritually. If you're on and off train, if you if you if you're on and off in your training, you'll never get to where you need to be spiritually. And so sin always will creep in. If you keep yourself in this training process all the time, then you won't be disqualified. The only way that we will ever beat the traps and the snares that Satan throws at us is to be ready and prepared for anything. But the one thing we as children of God have to keep in our minds is that we can fall away if we don't make the more earnest heed to hear what the Lord wants us to do. I'll leave you with this verse. I, I use it all the time probably. And I don't really care. If it's very repetitive, I'm sorry. But I love it. And I'll continue to use it because it's such an encouraging thing. Philippians 4.13 says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Good, bad, hard, easy, negative, positive, in season, out of season. People don't want to hear it. It doesn't matter. I can do anything through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Amen? I just need to have the mind that wants to do it. Be like Colton. Bust through the sin, right? Next time I'm going to have him up there, I'm going to get him strapped up for real, man. You ain't going to get out, man. I'm just kidding. I appreciate you doing that. I know you're a little embarrassed, man. I appreciate it. Maybe you're here tonight and you need to become a Christian. I love y'all, brethren, so much. I appreciate every single one of you being here tonight. You didn't have to be here, but you wanted to. And I appreciate that. I, I thank the elders for me being able to stand up here and preach God's Word. I love this book so much. It's changed my life and I know it's changed yours, amen? Or you wouldn't be here. Keep fighting the fight, brethren. We win. We win. <laughs> don't forget it. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, don't wait any longer. Why would you wait? You're missing out on all kinds of blessings that God wants to give you. But you have to be the one to want to do it. Jesus said, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Saved forever, eternal life. Received into glory one day. I want to go to that place and I want to go now. But you got time. He hadn't come back yet. Don't miss the opportunity to get in on the saving grace and the blood of Jesus Christ. If you need prayers, whatever you need, be strong and be courageous, brethren. Let's go get somebody for Jesus. Whatever you need, come right now. Together we stand and sing.